welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. We are back with another love note on early signs of stress. And I'm really excited about this conversation. This is my body of work is stress response, our adrenal function, our nervous system. I think our world is so stressed that the the amount of stress we put ourselves through, just even the inner dialogue that causes stress is absolutely crazy. So a big legacy that I'm building for myself, my big body of work is understanding the stress response and helping my clients and myself get back to calm. Because when we're in this place of calm, I believe that we make better decisions, we have stronger connections, we're emotionally wise, we're able to navigate life with ease and calm and not take things so harshly or criticize the world as much or be in this negative lens, I like to call it. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today on early signs of stress. Now, I have really been enjoying this podcast. This is love note number four. And I just love the fact that I can just jump on here and talk and share my words. So and my thoughts, my perspective, my opinion. So I'm just so grateful that you're listening in. The feedback I've been receiving so far has been amazing. I'm just over the moon excited that this has been the response of you enjoying these conversations. And I'm excited to keep doing them because I love pressing play and just talking my heart out. (laughs) So thank you for being here. And let's dive in today on a conversation on stress and the early warning signs that we want to look out for. Now, why this is so important is because one of the first things that I realized in my weight loss journey was the amount of stress I was under. And I started to learn how that was impacting my ability to lose weight. So not only was I getting puffy and feeling very inflamed, my clothes weren't fitting, I felt uncomfortable, but I was always tired. I had this sense of irritability always about me. Like I always felt short and irritable and like I was about to snap. I started to get this low motivation And then eventually it turned into having a very hard time concentrating and and focusing, which when you're in school is particularly, you know, a problem because you're trying to study for exams and, you know, you're trying to do well. A lot of us can resonate with being high achievers. We're ambitious. We want to do well. We perform at this high, high level. We have high expectations for ourselves. And when these expectations aren't being met and you have no idea what is happening that can feel so frustrating like i've always been someone who excelled at school i excelled at at competitive sports i was someone who aimed high i aimed really really high and when i was getting to this this point where the motivation was low i couldn't really study for longer than 15 minutes i thought i thought i was just lazy right we create these stories about ourselves of like oh i must be lazy i've got no motivation i'm you know lazy was the big thing. I I grew up in an environment where rest is looked down upon. We, we wear busy as a badge of honor. We associate our worth and value in this world to how much we're working, how much we're doing. And when we take a minute, when we relax, when we pause, the feelings of unworthiness come up, the feelings of guilt, the feelings of selfishness, 
And so I can resonate. That's, that's how I've been conditioned of, I've got to go, I've got to perform. And then you get this, this cortisol, this adrenal issue where now you can't, you're tired, you're exhausted all the time. You're short fused. You have these big, big goals, these big dreams, this big vision, but the motivation isn't there to go after them. And now you can't even think about the things you're just so brain fogged. You've got memory problems. It's, it's defeating. And so I definitely resonated with, with feeling guilty, slowing down and taking time for myself. And I call this energy. If you've been to some of my master classes or took my meta woman program, I call this energy, the queen energy. It's the energy of doing you've got the list of tasks that goes on and on and on and on. And you're constantly doing things. Every minute of your day is accounted for. You are busy you're on the go, you're ambitious, and you just keep adding things to this list. Who resonates with this? Now, I love my queen energy. She is efficient. She is productive. She gets things done. But, you know, I, although this queen energy fuels our performance, if it's unchecked, right, if there's no balance system to our queen, which I call my goddess, then the cortisol gets out of control because we're in this race of constantly performing and performing, trying to do more, trying to be more, trying to have more, like it, it's never enough. So we're doing and doing and doing and like adding more things onto the list until eventually we're burnt out. So this month, I love to share personal stories because I find that this really anchors in the, the lessons. And this month was very busy for us. It was very full. So we have, I have two businesses. I, I run my health and wellness practice. That's very busy and full. And I'm so grateful. I love all my clients. It's, it's, it's a beautiful um, business with an amazing team. And then I also have a mentorship where I'm working with health and wellness practitioners as well. And I've got a beautiful programs that I've created in levels of support. I've got private clients. So I've got two full businesses, two technically full-time businesses. And then we also have a tree farm, which is a business as well. And Christmas season is the season of Christmas trees. So all of the month of December on the weekends for me during the week for, for my partner, Kirk, we are selling Christmas trees from eight in the morning until probably 5 PM at night. And I dress up like an elf and I'm outside selling Christmas trees. And it's just so beautiful. I love it. It's, it's incredible. It's such an experience. I, I really enjoy it. And Kirk works, it's open during the week. And so Kirk, my, my partner works during the week, which pulls him out of my businesses. So not only do we have these businesses, my main support team is my main support person is on the tree farm. So I'm taking over his workload. So we have this going on in December. And then just to like hammer it in, we decide to finish up the edition this month. That <laughs> We were like, we are going to do this. We're doing it all. So we started this project back in June, but be because of all the delays, really things started to build this month. So that's been a journey as I'm kind of like the project manager to that. So anyway, just, just painting out the picture of what my experience for December has been full, busy, a lot happening. And when you have such high expectations, I will not drop the ball. I've got clients to serve. I got a team to be there for, right? We've got the tree farm, which we have to show up in the best way possible. So you set this high bar for yourself, this high, high expectation that you're going to perform at your absolute best, which is something I stand for. I'm just going to move this mic. I hear a sound. 
There we go. So I felt this month, my stress warning bells going off right? There's these little warning bells that I've learned to recognize. And we're going to talk about that in this, this love note today, these little warning bells that I had to work on regulation because the cortisol was getting out of control and I needed to bring myself back home. I needed to bring myself back into safety. So when we grab some tea, we're going to talk about why do we care about stress? One of my favorite podcasters always has a tea when she's podcasting and I'm like, Oh, I feel so homey and comfortable, like we're just sitting around having a conversation. So why do we care about stress? For body composition goals, for health goals, stress does sabotage our ability to lose weight. So many things happen when cortisol is out of control and it impacts key processes that tell our body it's okay to lose weight. And it activates these hormones that tell us to hold on to fat. So yes, it's going to sabotage body composition goals. And this was, as I said before, one of the first signs for me that why I wasn't losing weight. I wasn't losing weight because my cortisol was just all over the place. Then we also have blood sugar dysregulation. Yes, this impacts our ability to lose weight, but it also affects our motivation, our willpower. It affects cravings. So if we have blood sugar problems, you are going to get these cravings that are intense. You feel powerless in resisting them and you gravitate towards the cookies. You gravitate towards the sugar. It's almost like you have no control over it. And a lot of times we feel guilty. We feel like something that we're just not strong enough, but really it's this insulin problem that's going on, which causes us to cave, causes us to gravitate towards these sugary foods. And then also blood sugar problems cause energy slumps. So you might start your day full force and then, you know, 11 o'clock you're, you're tired. And then two o'clock you're tired and 5 PM you're tired. You get these crashes of energy and it's hard to do the things that we need to do when we're just riding this energy wave of like, okay, I've got it together. Okay. I need a nap. Okay. I've got it together. You know, it's tough. Now, the other thing that stress does is it increases inflammation in our body. It releases inflammatory cytokines. So this often makes us feel very puffy. We feel very inflamed. Inflammation can present in so many different ways. You might have pain, right? Some people get really bad back pain. We have clients who come into our program, like first method, and they have terrible back pain. They got terrible knee pain, elbow pain, whatever it is, and they can't figure out why it's happening. They've been to physios, they've been to osteos, they've been to chiros, they've done x-rays, MRIs, they can't figure it out when really it's a, a issue of stress causing this inflammation in their body. You might have chronic skin conditions, hair loss, you might get acne. Inflammation can present in so many ways. For me, it came as this feeling of puffiness. Like I'd put on track pants and everything just felt really puffy in it. Now, stress also causes a lot of problems with our, our gut. We get gut dysbiosis, so this imbalance of good to bad gut bacteria. We also can have an increased food sensitivity. So if you find you are just sensitive to everything, and I used to be like this, I was sensitive to everything. If I ate anything that was inflammatory at all or just deviated from the plan, I would you know, break out. My skin would break out. I would instantly feel like I gained 10 pounds. I would feel very sluggish. I would feel very bloated. So I had a lot of food sensitivities. And this is partially because when we've got a lot of stress, it lowers our gut immunity. Now, another thing is we can't 
make or convert thyroid hormone. And this slows our metabolism down. But as a, as a high performer, this affects our, our motivation. It affects our energy. It affects our will to succeed. So if you're a high performer and entrepreneur and you're struggling with your thyroid, it's going to be hard to take your business to that next level or, you know, really perform well at your career. If you're not getting or making, having enough of that active thyroid hormone. Some other things, leptin resistance, and this can lead to this feeling of being hungry all the time. And then we also have a harder time detoxifying if there's a lot of cortisol in the body. And I call this toxic weight. When we have all of these toxins that don't have a pathway to elimination. So let's say the liver is really sluggish and it's not eliminating things properly. Then those toxins can recirculate and cause what I call toxic weight gain, toxic weight, or just an overburdened toxic system in the body. So we can see that it's important work, right? Stress is important work for how we feel in our body, right? Our confidence. I, I believe like when we feel really confident in our body, we show up in the world so powerfully. We're able to claim what we want. We're able to go after what we want. We have the energy, the motivation, the alignment to accomplish our wildest dreams when we're feeling good, energized, confident, clear, you know, decreased inflammation in our body. So for body composition goals, it's really important, but also as high achieving women, managing stress is really important because if we're constantly in this state of fight or flight, panic, um, unsafety, right? Unsafe and stress, the way that you show up in your business and your career is going to dramatically change. Instead of being calm, you're going to be operating from this safety mode, this activation mode where you're making decisions based on not feeling safe. The ability to connect to other humans, humans won't be as strong because we'll talk about this later, but when you're in this unsafe place, it's hard to connect. So we're not able to connect with our audience. If you're an entrepreneur, you're not able to connect with your team members, your boss. If you're, if you're in a high performing career, maybe it's clients that you're working with, that connection is off. You're just constantly triggered, right? how we connect with our loved ones. So at the end of the day, if we're always stressed and we had a long work day and you come home, you're not able to calm down. We're not able to relax. So we just go into another vicious stress cycle. Again, the way that you connect with your partner changes when you're, when you're feeling this stress, you don't want to be intimate. You don't want to be seen naked, first of all. But when the body's in this fight or flight mode, you don't want anyone touching you. You don't want to be intimate with your partner. And that can cause a lot of strain in our relationships too. When we're stressed and we're quick to snap, whether that's on clients, whether that's on your kids or your partner, it's just this, I call it like this snake response where you just lash out. And so this is why managing the stress response is not only important for how we feel in our body, but as entrepreneurs, as high-performing women, we really want to do the work here to get our body into calm. And I believe that like, I want success for myself, my business success is, is, is everything to me. I want to feel successful. I want to have success. It's so important. But a lot of times we associate success with stress. We see success with this hustle culture. And I've decided early on that that's not what I stand for. I'm going to build a very successful business while regulating my nervous system, staying calm, living in alignment. I decided that this was going to be a priority for me and it's worked. So I want to show you that, you know, just because you're managing your stress doesn't mean you have to throw it all away. 
It doesn't mean you don't get to go after your, your hopes, your dreams, your career. It doesn't mean you have to stop being a successful entrepreneur. It's just shifting those priorities so that you're taking care of yourself. And I believe every time I do this and I ground myself in safety, my, my business gets better because I'm feeling safe. My clients are safe, feeling safe to be with me. I'm able to connect more. I'm able to think more logically, more rationally. My emotions are under control. I'm emotionally wise instead of emotionally reactive. And it's helped build my business in massive ways. So I'm taking a powerful stand for being successful and being calm, right? Stress doesn't have to be this, this thing that we go through in order to have success. Now, when I say stress here, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the stress curve right now. When I am talking about stress, whenever I say it, I'm talking about stress overload, where there's too much for the body to handle. As high-performing women, we like a good amount of stress. If you Google right now the stress curve, there is an optimal amount of stress that we want to have to perform at a high level. We don't want no stress. If I've been in situations where there's been no stress for too long and I get kind of bored, I get kind of like restless. So there's this optimal amount of stress that we want to have. It's exciting. It's fun. We're like, we're ready to go. We're ready to perform. But if that goes higher, then we end up in this stress overload where it's too much. It's crippling. It's like, it, it, it's, it's paralyzing the body almost. It feels very constrictive. So this is that stress overload. And then over time, what happens if this continues for too long, we end up in this collapse where your, your nervous system has just collapsed. You're exhausted. So I just want to want to say that there is a optimal amount of stress, but most of us are so far gone. <laughs> we are so far stressed. We are so far burnt out. We don't even know what optimal stress looks like. So that's a conversation that I want to have here. And stress comes with us, comes to us through a variety of ways. We've got environmental triggers are a big thing, things in our environment, right? We've got maybe other things like mold can be a, a stressor. Anything that's toxic to the body can be stressor, stressors. But I find what is the worst and something that we can easily change is our internal stressors. We tend to approach life with this all in energy, right? Like let's go, let's hustle, let's move. And nothing's ever good enough. I need to do more. I need to be more. I need to have more like this judgment, this comparison. We work ourselves up for minor inconveniences. We create these stories in our head that we're not good enough or we've been wronged and it just implodes in our brain. So these are these internal stressors which cause absolute chaos in our body. So these are the things that yes, we can work on the environmental stressors. Yes, we can we can do that. But if we can really pay attention to our internal stressors, because I think that's what a lot of us aren't doing. We think that our life is so busy and that it's completely outside of our control. And really a lot of times we just need to change our perception to the stress and work on creating, recreating the stories in our heads so that we're not getting so worked up and, and angry or irritable at certain situations. We can just let it like ride off of us. So I find the women that I typically work with don't really understand how stressed they are until they are so burnt out, they're so deep fried that they can't even get out of bed, right? We wear, as I mentioned at the beginning, we wear busy as this badge of honor. Like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Like it's almost like an accomplishment that we have. And there has been situations where I'll look at 
my clients in the weight loss phase or my clients in the health phase, I'll look at their schedule and go, are you okay? Like, this is really full. And they say like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I'll start asking them questions about how they're approaching life, their views on life, their stress response. And they, they are so stressed, so stressed that they can't even see it. So this is why this, this conversation to me is really important because I want to start teaching you the early signs of our cortisol becoming out of control because often we don't realize it. We're stuck in that energy of doing that. It goes to a point where it's hard to recover or we're in burnout and that's even more difficult. It's like months to recover from burnout. So if we can catch it early, then we can start doing the nervous system work. We can start doing the adrenal work to get our body back to safety so that it doesn't keep piling on, piling on. I think of stress as almost like plastic wrap and we just keep piling it on our body and we don't do anything to take the plastic wrap off. We just keep piling it on, piling it on, piling it on until eventually we are this stress bubble and we're just walking around life in a very triggered, unsafe state. So if we can start recognizing it early, then we can do the work to get ourselves back to safety before we, we, we get too far gone. We can stay in that optimal stress level so that we're performing at our best, we're looking our best and we're enjoying life. This is what happened to me this month is I had these warning warning signs go off being like, okay, whew, it's getting to be a lot. What do we have to go back to? How can we start regulating again? And I've found it took me maybe three days just to get back to safety where those symptoms and signs weren't coming up again. So this is the love note on early signs that our stress is completely out of control. Now, one of the first things that I that I notice for clients and myself, right? This is all my personal experience and clinical experience is we start reacting to minor inconveniences in life. So maybe your husband brought home the wrong shampoo <laughs> or the wrong toothpaste, right? You told him to get this certain brand, like you might have even screenshotted the picture to him and he comes home and he's got the wrong toothpaste, right? And you snap. You're like what is wrong with you? I texted you the picture, right? Not in a lovely way. You're mad. You're pissed. Maybe you got the wrong order at Starbucks and you start yelling at the barista, right? Maybe someone cuts you off and you start slamming on your horn and freaking out and swearing and it, it really disrupts you, right? Maybe something happens in the day and it's disturbs you. you you get this emotional response to it and it affects the rest of your day you're not able to let it go so maybe in the morning you're you go to brush your teeth and the wrong toothpaste is there and you're you're mad you're pissed you yell at your partner and that one situation just sets your day up for anger hostility irritability for the rest of the day so number one you've got these minor inconveniences that a huge reaction is coming from them it's not the end of the world. They got the wrong toothpaste. It's annoying. Yes, we can agree it's annoying. Yes, it's annoying. Got the wrong order of Starbucks, but our reaction to it doesn't necessarily match the the action, right? There's a way you can tell your husband, like, what's wrong with you? I, I texted you the picture and then let it go. Or you can go to Starbucks and calmly explain the game to the wrong order. But this isn't what we do when we're in this state of cortisol becoming out of control. We snap. 
We're very quick to be hostile, angry. And then I find that anger carries with us throughout the rest of the day. So we're not able to just let it go. We hold on to it almost like a grudge. You can't just let it go and be like, okay, he forgot the toothpaste. It's fine. I'll go pick some up later. Yes, it's annoying. Of course it's annoying, but I'm fine. And that that's it. That's the situation. But instead it works into the rest of your day, feeds into the rest of your day. So everything starts compounding now. The stress is compounding. With a regulated nervous system, you are able to respond to inconveniences and annoyances with ease. Yes, we can say they're annoying. Yes, you can feel frustrated, but you get over it. And the way that you respond is typically from calm. It might be firm, but it's typically with calm. We don't get out of control. We don't react hostily, right? We, we can feel frustrated, but we're able to let it go. This is important when something goes wrong in your business. When I'm in calm, I'm able to respond with a solution-focused attitude. Let's say Kirk royally screws something up and it's happened, or a team member screws something up and it's happened. When I'm in a, a calm state, I can look at it and say, okay, cool. This is unacceptable. This shouldn't have happened. What went wrong? How do we fix it? And there might be this firm leadership energy to it. However, it's calm. When I'm dysregulated, I'm most likely going to be very angry at them. I'm going to respond in a disciplinary way. It's not going to be a healthy relationship. I'm more problem focused. So I'm focused in on that problem being like, oh, she screwed this up and this up and this up. Why can't she get this right? What's wrong with her? I feel like I'm babysitting people. What's wrong with you? Right. It's very problem focused. When I'm calm, it's solution focused. I look at the problem. Why does it happen? How can we fix it? So this is a this is an energy shift that I find I go through when I'm dysregulated. Something happens. I'm quick to react. I tend to react, overreact to the action of the situation. And I, I'm so problem focused on it. If someone made the wrong drink at Starbucks, instead of just thinking about how I can go back and ask for a new drink, I'm thinking about why would she screw up my order? It's not that hard. All I asked for was this. Why aren't they paying attention? Like I, I would, you know, very problem focus and you start ruminating on it. With solution focus, you can see very clearly what needs to happen in order to fix the situation. So you can see why this is really beneficial in, in your business, in your career, when something does go wrong, because it will. <laughs> it will. If you're an entrepreneur, you know that it's going to be massive. One of the things I say about me is I'm a, I'm a professional failure. I'm very good at failing forward. And it's helped me a lot in building my business because I can let go of things and I just continue to refine and refine until it's at the standard that I want. And then it goes to another level. So I fail forward. I'm not, I'm not focusing in on the problem. I'm moving forward with a solution. So with your business, this can be really helpful because you're able to deal with things with calm, ease, and grace. And it makes for an environment where your team feels safe to work with you. They're safe to show up. They're, they're safe to perform. Maybe you're managing a team of your own, maybe with clients. We went to a restaurant last night and we could tell the, the waiter kind of had an attitude at the beginning and he, at the end of it, he would joke with us, but I don't know. I, I felt right away. I am very sensitive to energies of people. Like I'll get into a room with you and I can pick up people's vibe energy th where they're at very quickly. Like it's almost, it's insane. It's very quick. So as soon as we sat down, I could feel the stress coming off of them and he would lay some jokes out. But when we, when he gave us the bill, he just kind of came to the table and put the bill on the table. And we were with a group of four couples and 
we tried to split the bill and it just wasn't working out. So we asked him like, can we have separate bills? And he really leaned into us with this stressed energy, this hostile, aggressive, intense energy, which I did not appreciate on like, well, you should have asked me at the beginning of the meal. And we were just really taken aback because, you know, we, we thought we were being good customers and that's not really how you, how you talk to people. Anyway, the energy was really hostile and he left and we tried to work it out again and, and we couldn't, we, we needed separate bills. And then we came back and had to ask him and he kind of just stormed off with this stress, this stress in his body. So for me, you can give him compassion because, you know, obviously he's very busy and running around and, you know, he was dealing with a lot of tables. And at the same time, when we can build stress resiliency and respond with calm, that's probably not the response that should have been given. Maybe it was frustrating. We needed different bills, especially when you're busy. I can totally send compassion and grace to that. But the way you interact with people based on that response matters. There could have been a deep breath and said, okay, it's going to take me a few minutes, but I'll get that for you, right? There's just a different reaction that happens. So this is so important in our business, also with our relationships, right? Working with your partner, living with your partner, and they do things a different way. Something happens. How do you respond to them? Because if we're not dealing with this response, now we're getting into little stats, we're getting into little arguments and things are building instead of learning how to properly communicate with each other. Sometimes if I'm in, if I'm really busy and I'm starting to get the warning signs, the stress is out of control and, you know, Kirk comes into the room, I'll ask him, like, I just need a few minutes of a space and he'll honor that for me. Because if I'm in a state and I respond to him in aggressive, hostile, intense vibes, I'm not going to be proud of that. So a lot of times I might have to just ask, can I have a moment? Can I just need to breathe through this? I'm feeling a lot of feels right now. And then we can have a conversation around it. So this is really important with business and with, with, with our life, our relationships. So that's number one. We start reacting to minor inconveniences in our life. And those conveniences, inconveniences start piling up, right? We're not able to easily let go of them. We almost hold this grudge throughout the rest of our day. Tea break. Okay, next we have this attitude that nothing is ever good enough. This is the negative lens attitude. And I've been through this. I've been described as a bubbly, happy, uplifting person. Like that's probably the number one thing people will say about me is like, Alicia's so bubbly. And when I'm in a stress state, right? When I feel like my stress is getting out of control, everything is more negative. Nothing is ever good enough. And I hear this with clients when they come into McPherson Method, they're they're often very dysregulated. They're often feeling a lot of unsafe. They're, they're feeling a lot of stress. And the things they'll say is, nothing ever works for me. Nothing will ever work. My body is broken. So that to me, like you, you send compassion because you know that that they're experiencing a lot of stress and often experiencing this, this negative lens. So some things that we might also say is it's really hard. Everything feels like a constant challenge, right? Nothing is ever good enough. I'll never get success. We tend to complain a lot when we're in this state. So it might be complaining about the weather. Someone's something someone said to you, I noticed this was the first sign I actually realized in December when it was feeling like a lot. We had to pick out tiles and paint and 
and we had a deadline and the people were coming, the, the contractors were coming and they needed things done by a certain deadline. And we had the farm to open and I had clients and my team. And it just felt like, okay, there's a lot coming at me right now. Breathe. I was dealing with some personal things as well, alongside some professional things. It just felt like a lot. And when I was starting to get these warning signs, the negative attitude was coming out and I was starting to complain about stuff. I was complaining about little things, the weather, I was complaining about our house, I was complaining, and that's not like me at all. And I recognized it and I said to Kirk, like, I have been complaining a lot. I don't like this. I'm going to shift out of it right now. And for me, like, you don't just decide to stop complaining. I know that that's not a natural state of mind is to complain. I am typically one who sees the best in everything. I see the shiny light. I see the magic. I see the possibilities and everything. So I knew, okay, I got to get on my meditation. I got to get on my adaptogens. I need to start doing my gratitude practice. There's, I need to calm down. I need to work on calming down, change my perception of stress, start reworking the, the, the situation so that we were in a solution mode. So I started to do this thing, these things so that my tendency wasn't to see everything very negative. And a lot of times when we're in this state, don't, please don't react in this state or make big decisions in this state, because when we're overstressed and all of a sudden you hate your job, <laughs> you're really stressed and you start hating your job. And it's now the worst job in the world. And it makes you upset and frustrated. And then we sometimes do things like go and quit or we have a partner and all of a sudden we're in this stress state and nothing our partner does is right. It's all wrong. So we end up, you know, sabotaging the relationship. So it's important to, to recognize this before you do something drastic that you'll regret later. So I just noticed it. I brought awareness to it. And then I started to do the things to calm me down so I could get back to this abundant state where there's possibility where there's magic where things are beautiful in life and that helped quite a bit so we start complaining we also feel very judgmental of people around us we feel very critical of things so nothing's ever good enough there's always something to complain about and we're constantly judging we're in this unsafe zone so this is a second warning sign that I tend to recognize very early just because it's so different from how I typically vibe if you've been someone living in a chronic state for, for a long time, you might not notice that you do it, which is okay. But if you can bring your awareness to it and catch yourself every time you complain, every time you start criticizing something and you could do what I call this positive flip where you just notice what you want instead. So if I'm constantly criticizing, let's say the, the weather, then I'll flip it to like, I desire sunshine. I desire um, a warm space. I desire um, clear skies and I'll flip that and that'll help me switch the negative lens to something more, more positive. Okay. So that's number two. Let's move into number three, which is we start isolating ourselves. So when I was in Ireland, I did school in Ireland for six months and at the end of my journey in Ireland, I started to develop some thyroid issues and stress. And when I came home, the stress got bigger, the thyroid issues got worse. And I found myself starting to really isolate myself. I used to be very social. I used to have a great friend group. I used to party a lot, like <laughs> love to party. I love to work out. Like I was quite, I was quite social. 
And when this happened, I started isolating myself where I wouldn't go out. I would spend my evenings just alone in my room. People would ask me to do things and I would say no. I would stop going to classes too. I just, I didn't want to be around people. I wanted to be, I wanted to be alone. And this continued through school where I was saying no to all these things because I just, I really just wanted to be alone. And I got to this point that people stopped asking. And that is so hard when you're not getting invited anymore. I'm sure some of us can resonate with that feeling where you stop getting invited. And it wasn't my friend's fault. I I very much recognize that I was the one just constantly rejecting things. But once I, I, I felt that like, Oh, they've stopped inviting me. It felt really sad and, and defeating because although I wanted to be invited, I didn't want to go. There was this energy of just isolation where I don't want to be around people. So this is another sign where, you know, your cortisol is kind of running, running its show when you feel unsafe and and you don't want to connect with other people. When we're feeling regulated and we're feeling safe and our cortisol is under control, we prioritize connection. We want to be around people. We want to have healthy, strong relationships. We want to connect. When we're not feeling safe, we don't want this. It's like there's danger around us. We don't know who we can trust. We want to be alone. And so when I started to really get a a grip on my stress response, I was suddenly inviting people over. I was having family over. I was having parties again. And I thought, wow, I've really done the work to, to heal this stress response because it was years where I just wanted to be alone and I wanted to isolate and that can feel awful, right? We all know the consequences of not having a strong support system around us. So it's this vicious cycle of you feel stressed. So you isolate yourself and then you don't get support. So you feel isolated and more stressed and it creates this terrible, vicious cycle. So this is another sign when you start pulling away from people or activities. And I'm all about being alone. I love it. I love my alone time. I love silence. I feel like a lot of us could use a lot more silence in our life because there's so much stimulation going on, but silence and a silence practice and being alone is very different from isolation where you don't feel safe around other people. You don't want to connect. That is very different from just having a night off where you're alone and it's quiet, very different. So just recognize maybe what's going on with you. If you're isolating because you don't want to be around people. A lot of times I used to say, I don't like people. I don't want to be around people when really it was just, I feel unsafe around people. I, I don't feel like I'm connecting to people. And that was all because of the cortisol. Now, if I need a moment to, to, you know, rest, I will take a night of just silence for me. And it's not because I don't like people. I, I have a, a good social life now, but it's more because I just want the space and the silence. So you see if you can, you can recognize that. Now, the fourth thing is we have a hard time relaxing or shutting down. Who resonates with this one? You go on like holidays and your just brain is running. You can't shut down. You're constantly moving or you feel very guilty taking time to rest. This is a big one. If I, when I was in this state and I would take a moment to just relax, first I would get this guilt, this feeling of guilt and panic that I wasn't doing enough. And then my brain would just start racing and racing and racing. And I just could never shut it off. I could never shut it down. So when we're chronically stressed, we have this neuroception of danger. 
we don't feel safe. And when we try and relax, our body is still wired for danger. So you're going to have these activation signals to, to, for the brain to be spinning, to be running, for your, your nervous system to be activated, looking around to see, okay, do we have to run? Do we have to hide? Fawn, like what, what's the response that's going to come because we're not safe. So we're getting these signals from our body not to calm down. So when we force ourselves to rest, it can often be, you know, a little bit more traumatic because your brain's like, we can't rest. We cannot rest. There's trauma. There's danger. Like you got to be on the lookout, girl, get up. Your nervous system is in high alert. So this is another signal. If I go to read a book or if I just go to lay on the couch and my body's like, move do something, do something more, do extra stuff, then, you know, I know that I've got to get that back in check. Now, another big signal that was actually one of the last warning signs of December for me was I was waking up in the night with this racing mind and I couldn't get back to sleep. Some of the worst periods of my life, um, when my best friend went through this awful uh, betrayal of friendship in the summer, and I was just up every night at three, just constantly thinking about it. I couldn't sleep um, when I went through some changes in the business and it was stressful and heavy and hard to hold. There I was up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., couldn't get back to sleep. So I, I noticed last week that I was starting to wake up at 4 a.m. Like, okay, we got to check this because your body again is primed for danger. It, it's thinking something is wrong when there's this constant stress your body doesn't know that you're dealing with work stress. It just knows stress is danger and there's too much of it and we need to be on high alert. So you'll get that signal to wake up and, and your brain will be very activated and running. And it's very hard to get back to sleep in this state because it's not safe to sleep, right? You, you run off the bare minimums. This is, this is kind of called running on the stress fumes, right? You're running on that last little piece of survival so that you can survive this work stress. You can survive this relationship stress whatever it is the stress going on your body thinks you're you're you know in threat there's a big threat there's a big danger it doesn't recognize that we've just made this all up in our head so we wake up with that racing mind and it's very difficult to calm back down again so let's review these again these are the warning signs early warning signs one, we start reacting to minor inconveniences in our life and we're not able to let them go all day. We build this grudge up. We hold on to it. Number two, we start seeing life through this negative lens. Nothing is ever good enough. We're judging. We're complaining. We're very critical. Number three, we start isolating ourselves from our social life, friends and family, new activities, trying new things, having adventures. We're just not down for it because we don't have the energy and we feel unsafe. And then we have this hard time shutting down or relaxing. Our body's in this state of what's going to happen, danger. So it's hard to you know relax and, and take time for ourselves. So this is why I kind of don't buy into that self-care model sometimes, because if you're in this chronically stressed state and you're trying to self-care, your self-care is going to be in a stress state. So you're just going to do the yoga, do the meditation, all of this in the energy of doing, and that's going to create more stress in our body too. And then we also wake up in the middle of the night with this racing mind and it's very hard to calm back down. So if you're resonating with all of these things and you're just been nodding your head along, yes, to everything I've been saying, I'm just going to walk you through very quickly. I, I know this is long, so I want to do quite a few trainings on stress, but what do we do about it? So in McPherson method, probably 99% of our clients have some sort of adrenal dysfunction. 
So the first thing we look at is what is the phase of adrenal dysfunction? Some people are going to be high cortisol. Some are going to be low cortisol. Some are going to be in mid phase. And so we want to make sure that we are putting you on an adrenal protocol that matches your phase of adrenal dysfunction. Because if you have low cortisol and we're giving you supplements to lower your cortisol, this is obviously going to cause problems. As we start this stress um, control, stress releasing journey, I believe supplements are just incredible to help us cope, help us deal with the stressors, help us build the stress resiliency. So supplements, um, I'm not going to share all of them here because there's so many, but one of my favorites is ashwagandha. Please don't take this because I said it, you have to have the same, the right phase of adrenal dysfunction. There's interactions like there's so many things, please work with a healthcare professional, but it's one of my favorites that I'll take when I get the warning signs. Being on a proper nutrition plan, of course, if you're eating foods that are very inflammatory, it's going to cause stress in our body if we're not getting enough protein, if we're not getting enough fats, if we're underdoing it or overdoing it in carbs. So making sure that we're on a plan that matches our phase of adrenal dysfunction, changing our perception of stress and stress resiliency are two big ones too. So a lot of these stressors that we put ourselves in, we don't need to stress about them. We're just creating these stories. We're creating the energy. We've got conditioning about the stress. So a lot of work I've had to do is changing our perception of stress. Sometimes we put ourselves in the situations that we're in because of something that happened in our past. So lessons that we learn, memories that we have when maybe we're a little girl where we learned that our value is attached to how much we work. And if I don't work hard, that means I'm not good enough. And so now we put ourselves in situations where we're constantly busy, constantly overdoing it because we don't believe we're good enough as we are. So I've had to check a lot of these stories out. I know for me, a big one was rest makes me weak. Rest makes me less than I shouldn't be resting. There's people working harder than me. I need to show up and work harder. So now I've got this energy of overdoing it. So I've had to work and change a lot of my perceptions to stress. And this is a constant journey. I'm never going to be done because there's a new thing that comes up. For me, I care a lot about their perception of other people. I care a lot. I care a lot about my client's experience. I care a lot about what you think about this podcast. I care. I care so much. And although I think that helps keep a high standard for my business, it can be very crippling sometimes. So I've had to work on still keeping a high expectation for myself, my business, the client's experience. That expectation is really high and I'm constantly working to improve it, improve it, but it doesn't, it does not touch my feelings of confidence and my feelings of worth. That is anchored in and that is rock solid no matter what. It's unconditional right? My feeling that I feel worthiness, a feeling confidence and in love with myself and my body that cannot be touched. Yes. I can have a high standard for other things in my life and experiences, but people's perception of me will not affect my worth. And this is something that I'm continuing to work on. And then also building stress resiliency. So I'll put myself in situations of stress and really work on rising above it and breathing into it. A lot of times I kind of think about it as we're in this fire. We like put ourselves in the fire and we get burnt. And then we're wondering why we get burnt because we put ourselves in the stressful situation. We put ourselves in the fire. And so when I think about my stress, I think about rising above it and breathing into it. So instead of getting really chaotic of all the things that I have going on in December, I breathe into it and I really look at what's important in this moment. Is there anything that's really threatening my life? No. Is there a solution for everything? Yes. 
and I breathe into it and I start regulating who I am in this moment with all the things going on. And that slowly starts building my stress resiliency so that later, if I find myself in this position again, I love businesses. I love having a busy full life. Like I thrive off of it. So this is work to help me be able to hold and handle it all without sacrificing my adrenals, without sacrificing my stress response, staying calm. And the most important thing is I'm enjoying it right? I'm enjoying life. I'm happy. If we can have one goal in this world, it's just to be happy and enjoying life. This is it. So although I love to have businesses, I love to have a team. I love to work with my clients. I'm so obsessed with them. I love it all. My main goal is I want to be happy doing it. And if I'm not happy because I'm so stressed out, what's the point? So I really anchor and breathe into these moments. I think about rising above the stress, changing my perception of it and happy in within the chaos. I'm not getting burnt because I'm putting myself in the fire. I'm sitting outside the fire and I'm like breathing into it and enjoying the warmth. This is the difference. So thank you, my loves, for being here today. I'm so grateful for you for listening in. Really enjoy this conversation and I hope that it gives you some insight and perspective and maybe some awareness on what's going on in your life and how we can just be happy. <laughs> be happy, have a positive spin and really work on going after all our goals, dreams, have the success that we want, but staying calm and centered and grounded and happy through it all. So thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon.